Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. In his farewell speech, President Eisenhower warned us about the military-industrial complex, He said we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. If Eisenhower were with us today, I think he would give us the following advice. He would warn us about the corporate political complex, an alliance of multinational corporations that are using enormous amounts of money to bribe politicians of each party, control all media outlets, and corrupt the processes of government. Their agenda is to abolish the Constitution and Bill of Rights, take away our private property, eliminate our right to self-protection, and steal our freedom so they can rule the world, rule the entire world, not just our nation. That is why there is no true discussion of critical issues on the corporate-controlled media. The debates we see are just charades to create the false hope that individuals like you and me will ever have a say in what happens to our country. Face the facts, folks. The global elite don't care about you and me. They maintain their lifestyle, retain their money, and preserve their freedom while they steal all of that from the rest of us. Is that acceptable to you? Well, it's sure not acceptable to me, and apparently it is also not acceptable to lots of other people, all of whom are trying to figure out the best way to reestablish the constitutional republic envisioned by our nation's founders and guaranteed to each of us by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. After our commercial break, we will return with Charlie White and Ron Vrooman, of the Oregon Statewide Jural Assembly, who have taken steps to restore a Republican form of government in the state of Charlie White and Ron Vrooman, welcome as guests on Freedom Forum Radio. 
Thank you for having us. I would like to start with a prayer. We always start our um, meetings and any interviews with a prayer. So, go right ahead. Thank you, beloved Creator of all that is. We are witnessing your divine process of cleaning house as we see our familiar constructs declining, being destructed, falling apart. We are grateful to be witness and party to the cleaning, refining, and the reclaiming and co-creating of our divine inheritance. As we raise our consciousness, as we turn our thoughts and eyes to the source that is you and we, but fractals of that, we contribute to all realms seen and unseen. In great gratitude, we thank you, Yahweh, prime creator, for our singular and combined parts in the all that is. Let it be so. And so it is. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you very, very much, Charlie Wade. Uh, and before we get started, I just want to uh, reiterate that we're talking with Charlie White and Ron Vrooman of the Oregon Statewide Journal Assembly. They have a website. I'm going to give that to you, orsja.org. So when you want additional information, please visit their website. So, Charlie White and Ron Vrooman, I understand your goal. Uh, it's the goal of many of us. Uh, in the U.S. Constitution, each state is guaranteed a Republican form of government, a course of government which protects the natural law rights of every individual person. Some of us may have heard the term jural assembly, and what I need is for you to explain in language that we can all understand exactly what is a jural assembly and how are you using it to restore a Republican form of government in the state of Oregon. Uh, thank you for having us here, Dan. Uh, I'd appreciate it if Charlie had take that and explain what we do and how we do it. She's our boss. She's our director. I yield. <laughs> so uh, we uh, came together from many different uh, iterations of experience in our lives. As we all do, we've had various bits of information or tidbits of experience that have shaped us and made us question the, the program that we've all been raised with. And um, so we came together um, as a group of people who were really frustrated with either, uh, you know, a, a something that had been imposed on an individual one of us, on, on our family unit or whatever. And we started um, noticing and demanding um, so certain government entities because we felt like they weren't, we weren't being heard and we weren't being represented. And we started setting up our tables uh, in the uh, capital on uh, Salem and Oregon and gathering people together and having them sign what we d designed as a living testimony in the form of an affidavit of truth. And uh, we started collecting people who were interested in what it is that we were doing as an Oregon statewide general assembly and thus forming um, an assembly and uh, really actually creating uh, docket numbers so that we had some legitimacy and uh, a way of recording uh, these 
the papers that we were acquiring, accumulating, and storing for evidence. And um, when we reached a certain number, which we decided was 45, we then had enough people to start having a grand jury. And I, I'm, I'd like to, like to read um, Article 1, Section 1, if I could, of our Oregon Constitution. Every state constitution has some iteration of this, and ours I particularly am fond of. It's Article 1, Section 1. We declare that all men, when they form a social compact, are equal in right. That all power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness. And they have at all times a right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in such manner as they may think proper. So we are in Article 1, Section 1 group of people. We are a social compact, according to our own Oregon Constitution, who have come together to make a difference, hopefully, and to make people aware that we have to take responsibility. It's our duty to hold those who are supposed authority figures, elected officials, supposedly, to conduct um, business according to the people, not for their own benefit. And I yield. Um, I'd like to talk about the position we found ourselves in when COVID attacked us. Um, we were well down the road of making our assembly, and then COVID jumped in the middle of this thing. And we had to determine how we were going to proceed one step at a time. And we determined after we had a grand jury that could listen and, and give true bills or presentations that we needed a court. And so we read up on what it takes to be a court. And there's only five things. It's not hard and costs 50 bucks for a seal and wasn't much to it. And we had enough people to do it. So then we formed our court, but we took the time to check out with ex parte Milligan, which is what the feds wrote during this, the war between the states, the conflagration, the uh, ex parte Milligan removes martial law, the Liber Code, and FEMA from the land wherever there is a civil court, a civil court, pardon me, a civilian court, not military. That's key. It's not a civil court. It's got to be a civilian court of record. So we formed one which eliminates lawfully uh, the Liber Code, martial law, and FEMA. So after we did that, we had the uh, the court that was a lawful court. We had a grand jury that could provide information to our court. Then we decided, after a lot of study, what kind of court. And when you're a constitutionalist, 
I spent a year and a half looking for an Article Three court. You read the Constitution, and it says Article Three court. Okay. So where is one? I want to file into it. And when you start looking, you find out that there, the court you thought was an Article Three court has Article Three judges, but it's not an Article Three court. It's another kind of court. And then you find out that every courthouse you drive around and look at says United States Federal District Court of Oregon or New Jersey or wherever, South New York. But it's always United States Federal District Court. But then when you look in another SCOTUS ruling, they say... Uh, Mukini 303, that's M-O-O-K-I-N-I 303. When you get there and you read that, you find out that any court whose name begins with the United States cannot by law be an Article Three court. Well, so they hid it. And we searched and looked, and it wasn't me by myself, but it took a while. But then we found out when we couldn't find that court anywhere else, we found out that that court was found in Amendment 7. So an Article 3 court is one Supreme Court with a small O and a small S and a capital C, one Supreme Court claiming original jurisdiction. Now then, you have to identify what is original jurisdiction. And original jurisdiction is the jurisdiction of men and women before any fictitious things have been added to it, such as a corporation or a business or a city council or Nothing else has come between you and original jurisdiction so that you are actually a man and a woman with your progeny on the land and soil as you were meant to be created for. And that jurisdiction is the de jure or de jure jurisdiction of men and women. There is no jurisdiction over that other than God, your creator. And the guys in the early time, 1776 in that era, they wrote some really great paper. The paper is solid. The guys were just men. They were tough guys. And a bunch of them got hung. And those guys started what we have and we're trying to get back to and we had original jurisdiction where it was really what was written down we had that in the latest iteration from the time Oregon became a state the last of lawful states of a congress assembled as the United States of America. That's it. That is under 
the Confederation and Perpetual Unions paperwork. That group right there was broken when South Carolina left the Union after Oregon became a state. So we have to get, go ahead. Yeah, I understand. We have to get to that point again where we have original jurisdiction, where the paperwork is right, there's no fraud, fraud vitiates all contracts. So that's where we're headed. And we can do it in any state or territory, just like we did it on Oregon. So let me ask a couple of questions because I've listened to you speak and I have some questions because I don't understand some of the terms you've used and some of the things you've done. So <clears throat> you got together a group of people you've assembled, which of course is allowed. Any group of people can get together to do anything they want. And what is an affidavit of truth? <laughs> I'll let Charlie take that one. <laughs> She's written a hundred. We've done many iterations of that because we need to know who we are in the fabric of this, this reality. And who we know we are is that we're either a man or a woman. We are of our creator. We have, we believe in prime creator and we have been gifted and given our unalienable rights. And that is life, liberty, the ability to breathe, make a living, uh, enjoy life, raise our children, uh, prosper. Uh, these are all things that uh, we as living human beings can do as creative, co-creative entities. When we recognize that we are free from the impositions of those who are not of the same understanding of our essence and that is that we are flesh blood body mind soul spirit beings created by our our creator we are no longer chattel we no longer feel that we have any uh, authority over us but that of our creator we are not u.s citizens that would be chattel of the um, uh, admiralty law form of the government and the corporation that uh, we're basically that's dictated to us by at this point in time, and so what what our LTA, our living testimony in the form of an affidavit, is is it clarifies and we sign in red and print in blue and date who we are and who we are not. In other words, if we take an oath to the military or to the United States, but that's USDC. Um, in other words, serving a government position, um, if we are a U.S. citizen with all of our uh, amendments in place, 14th Amendment, et cetera, we, we are given privileges rather than our unalienable rights, privileges by a government. Our unalienable rights are, are, are inviolable. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. 
guitar sing. Call me the Choctaw. Call me original sin. Call me railroad steel. Everything, everything, everything. 